0: Welcome to Is This Good? The show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big, wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me, as always, is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello. Hi, JD. Thanks for coming. And today's guest is the former senior film and culture writer at UpRocks. You can currently read him in GQ and his brand new subsec called The Content Report. You can also hear him review movies on the Film Drunk Frotcast and listen to him recap every episode of The Wire on Pod Yourself The Wire. If you're a Top Chef fan, you know he's the greatest nickname giver in the game. But most importantly, according to his bio, he's just a really cool guy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Vince Mancini. Vince, welcome to Is This Good?
1: This is. That's probably the best Introduction I've ever received and uh, thank you for that.
0: Oh, well, thanks for being here. We aim to please Uh, I want to start off with a story that I just read of yours in GQ Uh, I'm gonna set it up. So Ostensibly, it's about a 33 year old software engineer at uber named and I hope i'm pronouncing this right vj hanumantharaju who decides to compete in his first brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament in woodside, california gets to the tournament his first match he draws his opponent named Mark Elliot. So can you take it from there and what happened to this poor gentleman?
1: Yeah Mark Elliott well that turned out to be someone using their middle name uh it was actually Mark Zuckerberg the uh, Facebook founder. Mm-hmm. Um, originally when I wrote that story I, I I made a reference to friends I don't know if you remember back when Jon Favreau was playing Monica's boyfriend uh, Pete Becker, I think was his name. And he was like a computer magnate. And then uh, she thinks he's about to pr- propose, but he actually uh, oh, says, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. become the ultimate fighting champion. And there's like a whole, uh, yeah, there's a whole. She
0: sees the the line item for like a ring on his credit card. But a it's ring like an designer. Octagon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a ring designer. It was actually some guy designing him an oct- octagon. Uh, So, yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg is like living out the real life version of that. Apparently (laughs) he started doing jujitsu and it got really there was one uh, UFC card last year where like he rented out the entire arena and they made it like a private event for him. So, yeah. So then this was also Mark Zuckerberg's first jujitsu tournament uh, and this uh, poor software engineer from Uber uh, ended up, yeah, in a match with Mark Zuckerberg, which he didn't realize until, like, two minutes before the match.
0: And what might surprise people is Mark Zuckerberg is good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu?
1: Yeah, I mean, he won the match. I mean, like, so I feel like there's a big asterisk there because uh, the, the guy that he was uh, going against, Vijay, he, he got disqualified. It was actually it turned out to be a, uh, like, best of three kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And he got disqualified. vj did in the first uh round for like trying uh a leg reap, which is like a legal setup for a leg lock. So he got DQ'd in the first round. Second round he dominated eight to zero. Uh so then it was one one. And then in the third round where they're both tired, uh, you know, he ended up losing in like the last one or two minutes on points. So yeah, he ended up losing which I mean, for most people would be like a a harsh blow, I think, losing to Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) But he's also a software engineer. So hopefully it's like a career, a path to career advancement as well. Um,
0: So judging from the way you're talking, do you participate in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yourself?
1: I do, yeah. And and I did it in the Bay Area also for like, you know, eight, nine years or something like that. So there was very much, uh, wow, that could have been me at some point.
0: Okay, so yeah, I have to ask, could you beat Mark Zuckerberg at Brazilian Jiu
1: Jitsu? I mean I have like about fifty pounds and four belts on him, so I would I would hope so. But Oh uh, damn, okay. So you're you're <laughs> legit at this. I mean listen, I'm not saying I'm great, but I, I've been doing it a lot longer than he has, which should which should count for something.
0: But but in the article the guy was uh was sort of saying like he had some real heavy hitters in his corner, like I mean oh, I didn't yeah. know the names, but like very professional coaches that were yelling at him and kind of like a whole corner team helping him. Yeah.
1: Out. I mean Zuckerberg I, like I don't know if he trains at the actual gym or if he just has private I would assume he just has like a home gym where he gets private lessons and you know he's getting private lessons from guys who are actual fighters and his coach is dave camarillo who used to be the jiu-jitsu coach at uh american kickboxing academy which has produced i don't know like 15 ufc champions it's like one of the biggest gyms uh in, in the country so yeah and to, to have like a guy who would normally be in like daniel cormier's corner uh shouting at you during your like your masters jujitsu match that's yeah that's kind of a big deal
0: I bet Zuckerberg is pissed. Like he certainly doesn't go to a public gym, but I bet he's pissed that he cannot train in the metaverse yet. Mm. That I think <laughs> yeah. that's a, that, that's why he was so upset they didn't have legs. Probably
1: actually, yeah. You can't attempt a leg reap <laughs> when no one has
0: legs. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, though Zuckerberg may be more athletic than we thought, because I also just saw that he ran a five k in nineteen thirty four, which is like six. I think it's like six fifteen ish per mile pace, which is reasonably fast actually. Um. I wanted to ask you about movie reviewing because that's kind of like the, would you say that's the
1: bulk of your job? I mean, that was definitely, that's the reason I have a job, I would say. It's not really like my specific job anymore, Um, not necessarily by choice, but yeah, I was, you know, like writing about movies was how I started a website and became, you know, someone who people would hire to write things.
0: Right. Well, I've always loved reading your movie reviews, Um, (laughs) specifically the review for the movie Plane starring Gerard Butler. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got is that up there with
1: most cited reviews that you've written? Uh, I mean, it's a little new for that, probably. But, uh, you know, anything that you write in a dumb voice uh, tends to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, for, for JD, let me just explain. Yeah. The first line, just this, this will give you an idea of how the review goes. The first line of the review for the movie Plane goes: "When I first see poster for movie called Plane, I think self. Now this guy know how make movie, <laughs> and then the the, the the entire review is written like that. It's it's so fucking perfect. Um, I actually some questions about like the actual mechanics of reviewing movies. Because mm. um, I don't I don't know exactly how old you are, but as a child of like the early '80s and JD a little earlier than that." Like, movie reviewer was an actual fucking cool job. And there were people like, you know, uh, Ebert and Siskel and even, you know, Gene Shalit. Sure, we'll throw him in. Why not? Leonard Maltin. Uh, Like, these were big names. And uh, I wanted to know, like, yeah, the actual ins and outs of it. So I would say at this point in a post-COVID world, are you actually going into a theater to see these movies at this point?
1: I mean yes I, I am yes and no like for all the bigger movies it still requires going to an advanced screening at uh at an actual theater like some of the smaller like lower tier movies you you can get a digital screener um which is better and worse it's <laughs> it's probably boring to people but it's like the most pain in the ass thing in the world trying to get those stupid screeners to work half the time mm-hmm. cause like, You know, you try to watch it and it's like, oh, your three day screening window has expired. And then you got to email the publicist and then they get back to you. And then, like some of the, the Disney ones, you have to sign like a full on. NDA uh, promising like not to watch it like with your family members <laughs> in the <laughs>
0: room kid- and stuff it's like okay guys <laughs> your kids calm hear down. the the disney animation from the intro and they're like yes. what like, no get out of here no this is dad's pixar <laughs> no lamp for you um, all right so are you taking notes during the movie when you're in the theater
1: no uh, like there was uh, there have been times in the past where i tried to do that but uh, it's very hard to like I mean, if you're taking notes, you're missing things that are happening on the screen, which is bad. Um, I think the way that I try to do it is watch it. And then as soon as the credits roll, I'm taking like iPhone notes and trying to uh, write down, you know, little all the things that you remember. And um I mean, basically basically, you're like trying to remember factual things that happened uh-huh. in the movie because you know, like if you call a character Kevin instead of Keith or whatever, you're gonna get ten comments yelling at you that you're a dumbass. But it's like, right. hey, man, I saw this three days before any of this stuff was on uh, IMDB. like there's no there's no fact checks. We don't get they don't give us like a script afterwards. So like we're just trying to remember dialogue from memory.
0: Uh, now, considering that every movie now is like three hours plus, what, is the, what is the peeing strategy?
1: I, I can usually hold it. Um, there are times that uh, I've gone in the middle and, you know, it's just... <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> Act Two was a bit murky. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the old school thing was to, you know, not say stuff like not admit things like that or, you know, to try and, you know, cultivate this artificial picture of uh, professionalism. But I've always kind of been of the opinion that like, I'm just going to honestly say what the experience was like and what happened. Like maybe I missed something cause someone in the theater got up to go to the bathroom and walked in front of me, or there was like a commotion, like it happens. And like, I, I don't think there's any reason to try and hide that kind of stuff, but That's just where I'm coming from. Um,
0: So, J.D. and I are not movie reviewers, but uh, J.D. hosts, or sorry, produces a basketball podcast called No Dunks. And during the pandemic, when things were slow, uh, they decided to recap and watch all the Fast and Furious movies. And I was on a couple of the shows, you know, we're talking about them, reviewing them. We're doing Fast X coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Fast 10, please.
1: Well, which is, is it? Fast 10? It's Fast 10, yeah. Oh,
0: is it? Oh. Okay, okay. Well, oh, yeah, that's and, good to know.
1: That's good to know.
0: Okay, JD,
1: JD, first note. For, <laughs> I mean, I'm not proud of myself for knowing that, but
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, because I know a lot of people were saying Fast 10, like Fast 10, your seatbelts. But then I thought that they named it Fast X specifically so people would
1: not be saying that. But supposedly I can't remember if they talked to the actual director or just like someone who was in the movie, but supposedly fast 10 was like intended, but also if you're going to do that, wouldn't you call it fast 10 and then colon like your seatbelts? Yeah. We had a Fiero go to space in the last movie. I don't think we're trying to pretend <laughs> that this isn't silly at this point. Like just go with it.
0: Uh, exactly. So now that we have a professional movie reviewer on the podcast, give us a little crib sheet. Where do you feel like this movie ranks amongst the other incredibly high points of this franchise.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have also watched all of the Fast and Furious movies in order to rank them at some point. I think it was like after the last one came out. I think there's like three clear, like better ones, which are like, to me, seven is easily the high water mark followed by like five and then maybe Mm -hmm. six. And then Tokyo Drift's like, you know, better than you'd think. Yeah, Um, This one is definitely down by like furious a, I, I would say this is one of the worst ones. Pretty, oh, sick. Pretty All right, cool. I know. haven't
0: seen it. Can't wait to see it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like at this point there, there's nowhere to go. That is ridiculous in a silly way or like a fun way anymore. Cause it's kind of already been done mm-hmm. and they didn't hire a director. Who's like great at, you know, doing absurdist fun things. They kind of just right. hired like a, I don't know, a bit of a mediocre director. I don't know how to say it, say it any other way than that. So it's kind of like... Transporter 2 guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a couple of stunts that, like, on paper, sound like they would have been really fun mm-hmm. and cool, and there's maybe one or two that actually hit that in the movie. But for the most part, it's like taking stuff that should be silly and fun and kind of going through the motions.
0: I had one more question about uh, the podcast that you're doing. So... As I said off the top, you're doing Pod Yourself the Wire. Mm-hmm. If people are thinking, that sounds like an odd name. Well, sounds the first like one was title. Pod Yourself a Gun, <laughs> uh, a Sopranos rewatch. Mm. Um, so I would say Sopranos the Wire, for most people, these are top five shows. I know for me, they are, J.D., I assume for you, they are too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so does rewatching them in a different context in a different time uh, bolster that or detract from that?
1: Oh, I think it bolsters that for sure. Like, it's definitely, you, you know, I've rewatched both of them multiple times and they, they don't get worse. I don't think.
0: Okay. Has, is there any series that you think in like maybe 10 years from now that's on now, or let me just ask, cause succession just ended. Does that feel like an HBO show that would <sighs> warrant a rewatch down the line?
1: That's tough. Like, I don't think it's in the same category as the Sopranos in the wire. Like I feel like it's on a high right now. Cause I think that finale was really good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it necessarily like, man- maintained that level of quality all the way through. Uh, I think part of the reason it was big is because it's about media. So of course everybody in media is mm-hmm. the target audience for it. So it gets written about a ton. Um, yeah. I don't know that I'd put it at that level. There's like a few shows that I feel like were really good and sort of weren't uh, as written about. It's it's tough now because when the Sopranos and the Wire were out, it, it was, there was like 15 shows and now there's like 400. So it's a right. little different.
0: Yeah, it, def- it definitely feels diluted. And I guess they're going to be making less TV going forward. So yeah. that's both bad news, and but good news for you as a reviewer. You know, you got less I mean, going on.
1: Even in terms of HBO, it's like, they have Barry, Succession, Perry Mason, White House Plumbers, Love and Death. They're all out at the same time. And it's like, you could sp- spread these out a little yeah. bit to let them breathe. Like, I thought Perry Mason was pretty good. And I thought... You know, some of those other shows are really good, but like no one has time to write about a succession, Barry, like, and those, it just doesn't happen where I feel like they could have been part of the conversation. They're just not based on timing.
0: Exactly, And then you wait to hear one bad thing about any of those shows. Like, like uh, you know, White House Plumbers is tonally uneven. You're like, great to hear. Yeah. And I don't have to watch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out on that one. Uh, all right. Some quick housekeeping. We have merch. Go to isthisgoodpod.com to get the Is This Good retro logo tee or hoodie. Join the Is This Good Patreon at patreon.com slash isthisgood. Send topics for future shows to isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, that's it. That's all. Vince, the premise of the show is very simple. I'm going to give you a topic. You tell me if it's good. Here we go. Jack P. asks, Giving new pets the same name as your previous pet. Is this good? So Jack continues. He writes in, Hey guys, my girlfriend recently told me about a strange practice her dad's family had. Whenever their dog died, they would get the same breed of dog and give it the exact same name. Kim. Kim. It kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. Where do you stand on replacing pets and giving them the same name? Cheers, boys. That's Jack from London, UK. So, Vince, will give you the first crack at it. I, I peeped you on Instagram. I saw that you're a dog owner. Uh, what do you think about giving uh, new pets the same name as the previous pet?
1: I think it's bad. I mean, I get it if, you know, you have, like, Alzheimer's or something. You don't want to try to remember <laughs> more names yeah, but then do you know it's do you even know it's a new
0: pet at that yeah, point that's a good
1: point yeah <laughs> yeah it's for it's more for grandma than for you uh i don't even like when people give their animals like cutesy food names like i feel like you need to respect that dog and not name it like biscuits or whatever like give them, sushi, a, give them a real name
0: sushi and mochi i feel very popular yeah. animal names right now
1: yeah i don't like it i don't like uh, it name them steve
0: what is your dog's name if you don't mind me asking?
1: His name's Charlie.
0: Charlie. Okay. So okay, so much like this person named their dog Kim, you went human name.
1: Yeah, I named him after uh Travels with Charlie the uh, Steinbeck book, so he's, you know, he's he's a little oh, so bit, he's a highbrow dog. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so not the king.
1: Oh um, no. No. <laughs> no, he's not he's not a royal he's watcher. Not, he's not a yeah, he's what is that what is that king uh Spaniel, the one with King the Charles Cavalier. Yeah, there we go. All yeah.
0: Right. yeah, it is weird that like some going dog a human name for dog. There's some human names that are just feel like exclusively dog names at this point. Like mm-hmm. Oscar. I yeah, mean, that's a dog, right?
1: Duke. Duke. Although that would be a good human name. I feel like if you meet somebody named Duke, not a lot like, of kind of cool. Uh,
0: Duke feels like yeah, like a nickname you have to earn rather than a given name uh otis i feel like is also just a pet name mm-hmm. chase yeah. i met a chase in real life didn't didn't like it and he was exactly what you thought he would <laughs> he would be um
1: like a human dog named chase
0: yeah man yeah, are you much talking about exactly. the chase that i know oh i forgot about that chase i wasn't even thinking about that chase <laughs> that chase is less like a chase than this other chase that mm, i know okay which is uh, important
1: for people that know n- uh, neither of them to know. Uh, so, like, Jay- sorry, I feel like there's a related move where people name the dog deliberately after a human that they know, just to like confuse people. Which I think is kind of funny, and that's a that's a fun move to do. Like, like
0: name it after like a friend or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then people are always getting the two confused, and uh, like, you've, but you've done it on purpose to mess with them. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, JD, I'm thinking the good part of this constant reminder of your old beloved pet, the bad part of this constant reminder of your dead loved, (laughs) dead loved pet. (laughs) Um, where are you on this? And consider that when you give your answer, I know that in your family, even though your name is Jason Doyle, everyone is named Terrence. Is that correct? Well, not everyone. I thought, I thought your dad and you and grandparents- I thought it was Terrence all the way down.
2: Right, but that's not everybody in my family. Like, my other son is not named Terrence. But yes, there's four four generations of Terrence, and me and my son go by our middle names. And why did I do that to my son? I have no idea. I was like... (laughs) I I guess he just – I just wanted to make him feel my pain because half the people at his school call him Terrence because all the teachers call him Terrence because that's what's on the register. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I thought we were talking about dogs.
0: Well, I I know, but it's just – it's sort of that same – you're saying it's fine for humans to keep naming people the same thing. Well, I named my, my son Terrence to honor my father. And you might name this
2: new dog, Kim, to honor the dead Kim. uh, You know what? I love dogs, but I'm not honoring any dogs, you know? (laughs) I'm I'm just not doing it. Not even for the unconditional love and support they gave you? Listen, I have the ashes of two of my dogs still in my possession. They died 18 years ago. I still have them. I don't know what to do with them, but I'm not naming my new dog my old dog's name. Like, it's just... It's kind of weird and creepy, if you ask me. Uh, wait, why? What are you gonna? Why did you have the ashes? Well, we what were... did
0: you want them for?
2: <laughs> I, well, I didn't necessarily want them, but it was like, well, we've got to put your dog to sleep. Um, would you like? Uh, we're gonna cremate the dog. Would you like the ashes? And you're, of course, you're like, bawling your eyes out, saying, "Yes, of course, I want the ashes." <laughs> and they give it to you in this little urn, and then one of my dogs they they gave us a like a paw print like a wow like, that they took off my dead dog i still have that too. oh
0: like like the dog was being fingerprinted for yes. a crime or something yes <laughs> or but like
2: but a death
1: it, mask but for yeah yeah you know.
2: but like, again in clay too it wasn't like a print it was like a clay uh 3d thing like i don't know what to do with this but i definitely don't want to throw it away
0: well, now, yeah, now you can't. It would be rude. He, the dog didn't mention any his last wishes or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no will. Can you imagine? <laughs> spill it at the dog no park will. or something. Yeah, uh, spread
1: his ashes on a big pile of horse manure. Like, he yeah, always loved rolling in this. That's uh, true. That's
0: a yeah. fucking great point. Uh, Vince, does it matter to you? Like, let's say this isn't a dog. Let's say this is a goldfish. Mm. And let's say you're doing the goldfish dies, kid goes to school, scoop it out, replace it. Then, then you got to give it the same name. I guess in that case, you have to give it the yeah, same name, or else the true. kid's going to think something's up.
1: I feel like it's just acceptable on a number of levels. I mean, you don't even really have to name a goldfish, so why not give them the same name? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, Maybe that's, like, a little mammal supremacist of me, but... Uh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could name a goldfish the same thing.
0: You don't hear a lot of, like, uh, juniors and seniors in the dog naming world. <laughs> you know, like... Mm. Uh, Cuba Gooding, Jr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gardner Minshew the third.
0: <laughs> or what is it? Yeah. The fourth? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cuba, Cuba Good Boy Junior would be oh, a great mm-hmm. name for a dog if you mm-hmm. had already had a dog named Cuba Good Boy, Senior. That's all.
1: You got to play the long game. You got to yeah. do them both. But yeah, and then the next that, one is the third. Yeah, the, the next third. one's in fourteen years or so. Yeah, you uh, don't
2: want to live in your. As a junior, and I, this is totally hypocritical because I named my son after me and my father, mm-hmm. but you don't want to live under the shadow. You want to be your own man. Let the dog be their own dog. Let the pet be their own pet.
0: Right, because you might get sort of frustrated if, you, if they rename Kim, new Kim. Yeah. And then Kim has a different disposition than old Kim. Exactly. It's possible. And, you know, then you'd be like, oh, Kim would never do that. But it's not Kim's <laughs> fault. Kim is different. And by the way, who am I even fucking talking about? That's the other problem. (laughs) Oh, Kim and I did this. Which Kim? The dead one or (laughs) dead Kim or new Kim? And you don't want people asking you constantly. Dead Kim or alive Kim?
2: Right. And it's not just dead and alive. It's dead or dead dead Kim. Like, how many Kims are there altogether? There could be... Kim three, Kim
0: four. four There's Lil' Kim. Uh, so Vince, we, uh, we poll people on Twitter before the show just to see where the pulse of the people's at, and this is one of the biggest landslides, so I'm gonna try to ask questions where people might agree, people might disagree, but people fucking hate at this question. 94% of people say giving new pets the same name as your previous pet is not good. Okay. Okay, but, but people do it. I mean more than six percent of people are doing this, but that's that's fine. Alright, here's another unpopular question, Vince. Wes <laughs> asks, collecting keepsakes from your baby, is this good? So here's some examples. Saving hair from your baby's first haircut, or saving their baby teeth that fall out, or their umbilical cord is a weird one, but yet seemingly from my internet research a common one. So what do you think, Vince? Collecting keepsakes from your baby,
1: is this good? I, oh, I know this is supposed to be binary, but I feel like there's levels to it. Like, I feel like the umbilical cord, gross and weird. Uh Uh, I feel like teeth is less gross and weird. I mean, you have to have some keepsakes of the baby just so that you don't have that uh, Sopranos moment where Tony opens his baby books and realizes that Livia hasn't (laughs) never filled them out or did anything with them. Oh, she didn't glue the hair in, Livia. Come on. You don't have to put it on the mantle. But just have it in the box in case the kid ever asks you about it. <laughs> that moment that we all remember from our adolescence when
0: we asked our mom to see our old hair.
1: Yeah. I mean, there would have been no third act of uh, Jobs if Steve, fake Steve Jobs didn't have his daughter's drawing in his, in his wallet somewhere. You know? uh,
0: okay. Well, so you're saying there's levels. I mean, you would say keeping art. That's, that's the lowest level. That's sort of the easiest lift.
1: Yeah, anything that, uh, I feel like it just has to have, like, a, a minimum of uh, biological matter in there.
0: Mm. Okay,
1: so you're more like, keep the
0: blankie or something.
1: Yeah, I feel like, I, teeth, I don't think it's that weird. But, like, you know, you go a little further down the line where it's like fingernails and, and umbilical cords, that's a no. Uh,
0: JD, did you save anything from your two children? I mean, I <laughs> fucking hope you did, because you saved your dog's ashes. <laughs> Uh, Well, I guess that's really not alike in any way. Those dogs are dead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, probably. Uh, I want to say no, but Rachel listens to this, my wife, Vince, (laughs) and she's probably got all their teeth somewhere in this house. (laughs) She's got everything else in here. She,
0: she wears it uh, like a necklace, like <laughs> like Universal Soldier style.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with Vince. Biological stuff, I, its kind of grosses me out. Although, I just looked at my Amex statement, and I'm still paying for cord blood from huh? 17 years ago. Cord blood, yeah, they collect the blood from the umbilical cord. And they mm. store it. They freeze it and store it for you in a special facility. I'm not joking. This is a real thing. And uh, it's for a stem cell if you get, like, uh, certain types of cancer and stuff, apparently. I don't even know if the technology exists. I don't know if that's a thing. Oh,
0: my God. This is some, like, Walt Disney freezing totally. of head shit. Yeah, totally.
2: Or it might be totally real, but it's their DNA. It's an exact match to them. So if – or, like, uh, or me or Rachel, if we were to get sick, then – there's, uh, I don't know. There's, okay. I don't know what Ar- it does. Harvest to be a clone? I think it think me...
0: <laughs> the plot to the
2: island with you and McGregor. <laughs> there might be an island out there with a hundred of my two childrens just <laughs> <laughs> raising an army of clones. But, it's, yeah. just, it's like
1: Peter Thiel thing. Like now you have your own exactly. little blood boy right. that every once in a while. You need a yeah. transfusion. It's exactly. right there.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So you, you're so sentimental that you're you're paying to keep you know mom's not paying to keep those teeth in the envelope in her drawer, but you're paying to keep your kid's blood. I mean,
2: yeah. But let me say this: it wasn't exactly my idea. Uh, but <laughs> it seems like you're super into it. I don't.
1: I don't know if I ever got asked that. I don't know. Maybe I'm paying for that, and I don't even know about
2: yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm reminded once a year. I see it come up on my same. I'm like, oh yeah, that thing.
0: So, so someone <laughs> came up to you in the hospital and was and like talked to you into this.
2: Yeah, it was before. It was during uh, the pregnancy, the first pregnancy, and uh, you know, you're like, oh my. They p- prey on your fears, right? It's just like, well, you know, if your child gets this kind of leukemia, then uh, if you if you <laughs> collect this, and it only costs this, you know, however much it is, it's like a hundred bucks a year or whatever. I'm like, all right. I don't even know if it's a thing. I don't even know if it's actually viable. I don't know where it is. I
0: I think you could have done a little more research. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) There is an answer as to whether or not that is worthwhile. Uh, But I want you to tell me if these are worthwhile, because I found a a great New York Times story from a few years ago called The Wild Ways Parents Preserve Their Kids' Memories. I'm going to read you some paragraphs here. All right. First one. I saved my son's foreskin, said Casey Revkin, 42, chief financial officer of an immigration nonprofit and a mother of one. I don't know why. They asked me if I wanted it, and I said yes. It's in a container in our freezer. Revkin said it's been challenging for her to throw the foreskin away, but she doesn't know what else to do with it. Besides keeping it chilled amongst the frozen veggies, she's had it for five years. Oh, she doesn't know what else to do with it, as if there is anything else to do with it. I mean, to harvest it. In case your child wants to regrow his yeah. foreskin, you never know. Okay, mm-hmm. as there is a movement as a circumcised, uh, a <laughs> member of the circumcised community. Um, some of us are furious. <laughs> okay, we've lost all our nerve endings and got no want... feeling over here. <laughs> That's great. <right. laughs> you can't wear condoms, JD. Mm.
1: Oh,
0: tell me about it. That's what we tell. Oh, uh, women that we sleep with. <laughs> okay, so foreskin. Where are we on this one, Vince?
1: Saving the foreskin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. No, you have to let it decay. Like, that's uh, that's God's calamari. Like, you can't deny him <laughs> that treat, you know? Like, it's, it's supposed to go back... It's supposed to have it cremated. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, JD, do you save the ashes of the foreskin? I did. Oh, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't... Tiny, two tiny little urns. Uh-huh. I think they could... Pro- honestly... For an extra $5 upcharge, they could probably keep them in the same fridge as your kid's blood. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, you should be using that for rituals. (laughs) Uh,
0: Anyways, I I thought, okay, where are they going to go from foreskin? Did they blow their load, so to speak, too early in this article? All right, but this one is, like, in a way less weird, but way fucking grosser quoting here, my parents saved my baby boogers in a plastic baggie in a safety deposit box, says Kira Cook, 36, a writer and mother of two toddlers in Los Angeles. I believe they're still there. Her mother, Terry Spencer Hesser, confirmed that indeed they were. They fell onto her sheets while she was sleeping, said Spencer Hesser. Who wouldn't save them? Sure. These people are out here admitting this in the uh, in the paper of yeah, record.
1: That's...
0: First of all, the boogers fell out onto her sheets. I don't even fully like, understand out her, that. Out of her nose? Where else do boogers go or <laughs> I come don't know. from? Well, uh,
2: I know that my one of my sons—I won't na- say which one.
0: Mm-hmm. It's one of two. You got a fifty percent shot at guessing, right, Vince? Was
2: on the <laughs> uh, bottom bunk and had a fucking collection on oh, the board. Yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's yeah.
0: classic. Those are yeah. like those were when. If you're our age, those were our glow-in-the-dark stars.
1: <laughs> I okay. mean, I remember a kid in fourth grade at the end of the year. The teacher flipped over his desk and made oh. him scrub all the boogers off the oh. bottom because he'd been wiping them oh. under there all year. I mean, you got to wipe them somewhere. I get it on one level. but <laughs>
0: yeah. And his mom was like, when you scrape those off, make sure you bring those home for me, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Put so in the jar,
1: son. That desk is a keepsake.
0: <laughs> I will... Yeah, that's right. That's going to be in the in his museum when he grows up. Uh, keeping a foreskin better than keeping boogers in a plastic bag. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I never <laughs> yeah. thought that I would have to weigh we're, in on this. But that's, we're picking our yeah, you poison wondered, now,
1: yeah. You <laughs> yeah. wondered where they were going to go, and they're like, oh, we got a story for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Well, they did manage to interview a doctor, a psychiatrist in this piece, who said, This kind of collecting makes me think of hoarding. Hoarders don't like to throw away things because they're throwing away a part of themselves. They are holding on to their past. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that sounds a good explanation to me. Sure. So, get rid of it. I think my mother did keep my teeth, but they did the move from, like, childhood home to smaller apartment. And I think that that shit might have gone. Wow. Though... Vince, do you keep anything of your own? Like, not weird mm. shit, uh, but like I don't like baseball cards, old love letters, essays you once wrote in high school. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm a pack rat in that way. Like, I do have those tendencies, but I don't think, yeah, but it doesn't extend to, like I said, any uh, biological matter. But mm-hmm. definitely I have like a box of old writings that I just like, ah, eh, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to keep that for no reason, just to have it um uh, well yeah i don't know eventually
0: you could probably feed them into some ai create yeah. the the vince style and people could buy it
1: i mean i feel like when you're trying to remember like if you're trying to write about things that have happened to you like it does ha- help to have like a weird little artifact to remind you of a thing mm, for sure mm-hmm. uh
0: well people hated this one a little less they 74 percent of people said collecting keepsakes from your baby
1: is not good I mean, if you put it specifically about boogers and foreskin, I feel like that number goes up to 99.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't say specifically. I mean, the examples I gave were hair and umbilical cord. Uh, And what was the other example I gave off the top? Oh, baby teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty classics. I do think that a lot of people do it. And frankly, I saw on the internet people were like taking the umbilical cord and fashioning it into a heart and framing it. Okay. Hmm. Like. I mean, hmm. loving mother or fucking serial killer, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, and honestly, yeah. the probably the difference between, like, like collects teeth. Okay, well, you know, it could be either, but displaying them is probably the difference between right. loving mother and serial killer, right? Yeah. So as soon as you take those things out of a drawer and make them into some craft, it's... I mean, there, there were people in the article, there was a trend on Etsy where you would send in your breast milk and this woman would mix it with re- resin and turn it into pendants for earrings and bracelets. This woman bought one hmm. for $60. Seems like it should be more expensive. Anyways, 74% <laughs> of people say do not fashion your breast milk into earrings and pendants. <laughs> uh, but that's that's just me. I wanted to take a moment to talk about my new favorite sports game, Stakes. Here's the problem. You're watching the NBA playoffs. You want to feel like you have some more skin in the game. You want to feel like you have something more on the line, but you don't want to lose money. That's where Stakes come in. Predict sports for free and play against a community of thousands of other fans to prove you know sports and build your sports reputation. With stakes, you can compete against other sports enthusiasts by predicting daily questions and climbing the ranks to earn rewards, all without risking your bankroll. It's free to play, and the more accurate your predictions, the more you win. Here's how to do it. If you're in Canada or the U.S., open your phone, go to playwithstakes.com slash isthisgood to download stakes and start your journey to becoming a sports god. Playwithstakes.com slash isthisgood.
1: All right, Vince, it's
0: time for the Is This Good segment where everything's bad. It's time to pick your poison. So here's how it works. I'm going to give you some related options that are all bad, and you have to pick your poison. So whichever you consider the least worst option. I have a few different scenarios for you. So the first one off the top, we talked about getting beat by Mark Zuckerberg in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition. So now let's contemplate uh, you losing to other billionaires at different things. So pick your poison between losing a game of ping pong to Rupert Murdoch, Hmm. losing a foot race to Elon Musk, losing an arm wrestle to Bill Gates.
1: So which is the least worst of these? Okay. Ping pong to Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. foot race to Elon Musk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, wow, those are all so bad. I would yeah, want to do any, I mean, I guess I got to go ping pong. Like, just maybe the Rupert Murdoch is uh, like a ping pong prodigy. Mm-hmm.
0: That's uh, tough for he's me the to oldest, say. i really though. good
1: ping, at ping pong, but uh...
0: what uh, what can't this guy do? JD right. Brazilian jiu jitsu, <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> he's a, a, a world class athlete.
1: That's right. All the all the big sports. Uh, he's I he just seems like... to maybe
0: have a treadmill behind him in his room
1: there mm, that's yeah it's a stairmaster no big deal and, uh, and i
0: don't see any clothing hanging off of it jD i think he actually uses it <laughs> amazing
1: i feel like i have to go ping pong just because that's the least like physically demanding of the three and yeah. i and i feel like i wouldn't you know i i, I would feel more more okay with getting outskilled by a billionaire than i would them being more uh like physically spry than me
2: yeah, that's, oh, okay. that's easily the one. I mean, See, I get I, my ass handed to me by 75-year-olds on the pickleball court, like, every week. So, you know.
1: Yeah, maybe just maybe Rupert Murdoch does, like, a lot of practicing ping pong. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Yeah, he's got... It's too bad that there's not one single famous ping pong player that I know so that I can make a reference here. <laughs> of <Forrest> uh, course, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vince, who's the most famous ping pong player you can name?
1: Yeah, I literally, Forrest Gump, only one that I can think of as well. There's no one else that I know of. Well, Rupert Murdoch, apparently.
0: The way I thought if it was, you have to pick... Because you have to lose to one of them in this scenario. You have to pick the supporters of the billionaire who are the least annoying. And that's who you choose to lose to. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, you lose to Rupert Murdoch. People that support and love Rupert Murdoch are fucking some of the craziest people we have in this world. And they might turn it into, like, Vince Mancini, liberal cuck, loses to strong-armed free-market thinker Rupert
1: Murdoch. And that might hurt more than, like, I don't know, losing to Bill Gates. I just feel like if I was losing to Bill Gates... Uh, at arm wrestling or Elon Musk at a foot race. Like if I ever felt like I was in danger of either of those things, I would have to like, just tackle them and like bite an ear off and get DQ'd to sort of save my, <laughs> to save my uh, honor.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Like Mike, well, Michael Johnson came up lame in that sprint against, uh, Was it Donovan Bailey? We're both Canadian. That's why this is important to us. But yet I don't don't remember quite what what happened in that. All I know is he was a pussy. He saw he was losing and he came up limp. Mm. Uh, All right. Next question. These are some movie reviewing situations. I'm not sure you'll think any of these are particularly bad, but I was curious about them. So option one, reviewing a universally beloved movie that you hated. Okay, so now you might get people yelling at you, telling you you have no taste. Mm-hmm. Reviewing a mediocre movie that no one cares about. So, And the, the bad part about this one is you're putting effort into a movie that you don't really care that much about, and no one's really going to read it or have a strong opinion about it. Or negatively reviewing a movie with a large vocal and rabid fan base. Uh, you know, like I'm thinking here, like the Marvel crazies or the DC crazies. And now you have to have your DMs blown up for a week because you didn't like quantum
1: <laughs> I mean, I've done all of these things. Wait, how is the first and the last one yeah. different?
0: Well, the first one, it, like, cause I would say like quantum not a universally beloved movie, not a movie right, that I people see. think is good. So people aren't necessarily calling your, your taste into question. They're just, they're just angry at you because they're crazy people. Whereas in the first one, like, I don't know, it's, um, you know, like, for instance, if you had to negatively review everything everywhere all at once, people would tell you, <laughs> w- why do you even have this job? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, again, the middle one is just sad because no one really cares
1: to read the review. I mean, who? I feel like I picked the mediocre one just because I'm going to get the least amount of flack for it. But, like, I mean, these are all f- things that have a 100%
0: yeah. So which one is I've the worst? Done. You've done
1: them all. <laughs> which one is the worst? Yeah, you've done them all. Okay. Uh, which one is the worst? Probably the vocal fan. But I don't know. It's because kind of, it's it's yeah. It, it was weird when uh, one of Ben Shapiro's fans like tracked down my phone number to like leave me an angry voicemail about uh, whatever <laughs> dumb movie that he produced that I negatively reviewed. But part of that was kind of fun, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's weird. And thinking that you're gonna get, it's it's weird thinking that you're gonna get like a death threat for uh you know expressing a, an asinine opinion about an asinine movie, but uh, I don't know. There's a there's a story there at least I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but if you can think of one, is there like a universally beloved movie that you had to take a stand against?
1: Oh, there's been a few. I mean, I got the most heat for my like mild negative review of inside out uh that was In, the, pixar the pixar movie oh yeah. okay, okay. The, the one you wouldn't which let I, your kids watch with which you? i <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and i stand by it um oh oh pacific rim i got a lot of flack for it, which everybody was mad that really like that movie and i was like i wanted to like it too but the actual movie wasn't that good right you you just couldn't
0: identify with the kaiju that was the problem (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: i mean there were some good scenes in it like the like i feel like the i don't know if you've ever seen the gif where like they're like he's becoming he's putting the mech suit on and then Mm -hmm. it it like smash cuts to the cat that's walking on its hind legs uh, I feel like the that gif, the fact that that movie gave us that gif, like justifies that movie in, in hindsight.
0: I'm, I'm just googling as you're talking because I'm trying to remember the guy. The main guy has one of the most
1: insane names in movie history. Do you remember what it is? I know that uh, Idris Elba was like Striker Pentecost or something. Yes, like. Stacker Pentecost. It's
0: yes, so <laughs> crazy.
1: I think that's the one I'm thinking of.
0: Stacker Pentecost. You can't name someone that. Anyways. (laughs) uh, All right. So you're picking mediocre movies. So whatever. You know, no one's reading your review that you put time into, but at least no one's yelling at you. Um, All right. Third and final, pick your poison. You've already recapped The Sopranos and The Wire. Now I want you to choose between these lesser loved HBO shows to do a full episode by episode recap of. All right. Your options are The Newsroom. He just made a disgusted face. If you're only listening, <laughs> <laughs> I would say he made the correct face. He made the face everyone makes when you say the words He really newsroom. is the most detestable show. Sorry, go uh, on. Okay, second option, Entourage. Third option, Real Time with Bill
1: Maher. So I'm picking the best, uh, the best yes, of these. Yes, My- the best,
0: the one you most want to recap.
1: I mean, ooh. I feel like with both the newsroom and entourage, there's like lots to talk about, even if I don't necessarily, I think I'm going entourage just because it's got a little bit of a, it's got a bit of a time capsule quality. Like that came from Mm -hmm. an era when you could be the level of actor that, uh, whatever the e actor's name is and still be like a major character on an hbo kevin connolly yeah kevin connolly like you could be the level of kevin connolly as an actor and still be a major character in an hbo show which is just like not a thing anymore
0: and how is fucking turtle still famous from like he's at like courtside and Knicks nicks games like what <laughs> i don't understand uh jerry ferrara yeah I don't, I don't it's very weird here's, how that show a pick has a hold on people
1: poison like whose fame do you uh, resent the least of anyone in the in the entourage cast
0: Fuck, great question. Okay, let's just do Let's do it quick. So you got uh, Ari. Yeah. You got Jeremy e, Piven. You got Vince. You got Drama. You got uh, Turtle. And uh, I mean, is that the big five, yeah, <laughs> as they call them?
1: Yeah. We I mean, you want to do it? Lloyd.
0: Yeah. Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sloan. Definitely Bobby Flay, bottom of my list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, everyone hates Jeremy Piven for, for correctly, I would say.
1: Yeah, but he's also clearly the most ta- talented actor of that group. Like you can you can dislike him as a person, but of that group, I feel like he's head and shoulders above the rest acting-wise at least.
0: Yeah, but I think I think Vince seems like chill. Like he's mm. he doesn't seem to be trading off the success of that show. Like he doesn't do anything anymore. Right? Like he's yeah. probably like literally on a beach somewhere.
1: <laughs> but he's kind of always had that persona where it's just like this guy is like chill human oatmeal like i don't know why this guy has ever was ever a thing or was talked about and yes anyway a very
0: generic uh <laughs> a very generic choice to play the lead in aquaman uh <laughs> so are, you're going with entourage I, th- I think that's the right
1: choice there's yeah to talk about definitely that's the most fun to talk about i think
0: and i think newsroom i just of course had to rewatch the osama osama bin laden airplane scene of the newsroom before we came on could barely get through it. Like, I think it is the most awkward. Sure, in a fun, funny way, but it is hard to get through.
1: It is one of those things where it's kind of like when people started putting all those uh, Good Doctor clips uh, online. It's one of those things that you watch and you're like, this was on TV? (laughs) Like, people let this... Recently, like recently, right? The Good (laughs) Doctor. But I kind of feel like uh, the newsroom was kind of like that by the time it was airing. It was... Like, by the time they actually aired, people were like, wow, somebody... Thought it was okay to put this on TV? That's insane.
0: <laughs> I know. It is it is totally insane. So uh, Entourage, I think that is a fine choice. Uh, Vince, when people need help navigating... Oh, by the way, Vince, I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same name. Same name. What are the chances? <laughs> <What>? Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Uh, when people need help navigating life's biggest decisions, they seek our wise counsel, and we deliver an airtight verdict. This part's for the Patreon sickos only. My hounds. to subscribe to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash this good. You too can hear the full episode. It's time to settle this. All right. Well, that was settled this. Go to patreon.com slash is this good to subscribe. You too can hear the full show. Or J.D. just dropped a very spicy old work story where he was very unprofessional. I was very disappointed in him. Still angry about it. And actually, now that I think about it, I thought you were going to tell a different story about when you got yelled at for doing something very similar. But uh, maybe we'll get to that on the next Patreon live stream. Uh, all right, Vince, uh, there's only one very quick thing left to do, and that's play Subjective Trivia So Subjective trivia, it's just like regular trivia Except only I know the answer Uh, As I'm sure you know A lot of summer movies have come out already Like, well, I don't know Are these considered summer movies if they came out in May But like Fast X, Guardians 3 Uh, But my question for you today is Which of these summer blockbusters That have not yet been released Is going to be the best one Okay, I'm ready Here are your options The Flash Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Transformers Rise of the Beast, or a movie I had not heard of till I looked up what summer blockbusters were coming out, <laughs> Gran Turismo, I guess about the video game we all once played. Yeah,
1: It's actually about uh, a guy who is good at the video game being recruited to become like a real <laughs> driver. Is I'm it okay. really? Supposedly based on a true story. I don't, you know, I, I don't have, I can't fact check that, but.
2: Wow, that okay. is that's interesting. I have heard that uh, I have heard about video game players who know the tracks better than the drivers because they play them so much. Um, that's interesting. That's like that's like uh, Last Starfighter, right? Have you ever seen that movie?
1: Uh, that no. sounds right. I don't remember it well, but I'm yeah. I'm so
2: old. Never mind. <laughs> okay, JD,
0: to look. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, have you seen any of these movies? First of all, have you reviewed any of them?
1: Uh, Flash, you... Mission
0: Impossible, no, Indiana Jones, Transformers Okay, perfect So that's exactly what subjective trivia is There's no real answer, but I have my answer It's written on this card right here So you know I'm not cheating Ideally we get our answers to match up But shoot from the hip, go from the heart Which do you think of The Flash, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Indiana Jones, Transformers, Gran Turismo Is going to be the best movie?
1: Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning
0: JD, do you have an answer? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes, and it's that
0: well, we are all aligned because the answer is, of course, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. No. I do want to dock it. Like, this is my favorite series. This is when people tell me, like, you don't understand Fast and Furious. Like, it started off as just, like, doing these, like, local heists. But then they became, like, like these super spies, like, international spies. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to suffer through this. We have Mission Impossible. We exactly. have Jason Bourne. I mean, yes. we have even some of the Daniel Craig Bonds. Some yes. of them, eh, not so good. But... You don't have to suffer through Fast and Furious. But anyways, uh, I wanted to dock it because it is a part one, and I know I'm going to be annoyed when it, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) cliffhangs. Maybe literally (laughs) cliffhangs. But they already did that during Fallout, so probably not. But yeah, I have a lot of faith in Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Even though every time you hear about it, they're like, yeah, we start shooting it. We don't know what the end is. We haven't written it yet. Which means to me they definitely haven't written the second part, but uh, I trust... Trust that cra- crazy little shrimp, Tom Cruise, and Christopher McQuarrie. So uh, I'm into it. So Vince, safe to say you're into the Mission Impossible series?
1: Yeah, like I think McQuarrie has a similar sensibility to James Wan, who directed Furious Seven, where it's like not only can they do the big stunts, but they have, uh, like, they understand that it's not supposed to be like strictly realistic. Like they mm-hmm. have, like they're like part of the fun is seeing how exuberantly they make it ridiculous. And I, I don't know. He seems to understand that better than directors of most action franchises.
0: Totally. All right. Well, we eagerly await its release. Vince, uh, where can people find you? Uh,
1: you can find me at uh, Vince Mancini dot uh, Like you mentioned my podcasts, we had, you know, we got the Frotcast and pod yourself, the wire. Uh, you can find both of those at uh, patreoncom slash broadcast. They're also both free on uh, iTunes um, and yeah, and then I have some articles uh, at GQ every now and then. Uh,
0: perfect. And uh, you want to give a Top Chef prediction?
1: We're seeing, we're oh, saying this. Easily, one- yeah. It's Buddha. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's Buddha. Okay.
0: As, as this is an obvious as question is Mission Impossible being the best summer movie, right? I
1: mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, like, I think Sarah has a puncher's chance. I think she's really good. But I, like, you know, the way it's going, it's definitely Buddha. Old party mom, as you call her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: All right. Check out, also, check out Vince's Top Chef recaps, because those are my go-to Top Chef recaps, and I love reading them. Uh, remember to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com isthisgood. Submit topics to isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks to JD. Thanks to Vince. Vin for coming on. Thanks in advance for leaving a five-star <laughs> review. For everyone, I'm Matt Austin, and this was good. We'll see you next week.